Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Build Black Podcast. Hey there, I'm Marvin Harrison, and today I have some important news. Dope Black Dads have teamed up with Prostate Cancer UK, the largest men's health charity in the UK, to help spread the word about prostate cancer and its risks among black men and dads. It's an important cause, as prostate cancer is actually the most common cancer in men. Shockingly, one in four black men will develop prostate cancer in their lifetime. This is double the rate of other men. And unfortunately, despite being treatable in its early stages, prostate cancer still claims 12,000 lives of dads, fathers and sons each year in the UK. But the good news is, Prostate Cancer UK is on a mission to change this and wants to create a world where no man dies from prostate cancer. This Men's Health Week and Father's Day they're focusing on debunking myths and misconceptions about the disease and providing clear, accurate health information. Colin McFarlane was born in Hackney to Jamaican parents who arrived in London in the mid-1950s. Colin studied drama at Loughborough University, graduating in 1983 and has been acting ever since, has become a familiar face and voice. He is best known for his roles as Commissioner Loeb, in Batman Begins and The Dark Knight, Ulysses in the US hit series The Outlander, and as the voice of The Cube on the ITV game show The Cube, and as well as the US version of the NBA superstar Dwayne Wade's season two is airing now. Colin has also been featured in a range of comedies, including The Far Show and The Toast of Tinseltown, two dramas like Death in Paradise and Industry. Colin has worked on stage with greats from Harold Pinter to Steve Burkhoff and acted alongside Tom Hardy, Clive Owen, Michael Sheen and Lenny Henry to name a few. Not to mention producing and directing several theatre productions as a stage actor, he won a Time Out Award for Best Actor for the Nigerian play Two Horsemen and the numerous readings and performances for Radio 4 including the Sony Award winning Lavender Song with Bill Nighy. Colin has now been married for over 30 years and has three amazing children and two brothers.
Dope Black Podcast. So, Colin, thank you so much uh, for joining. Very much uh, appreciated. How are you this afternoon? My pleasure. I'm good. Good, thanks. A little bit of a chest infection, so excuse me if you get any coughs. The good thing is we are in completely opposite ends of town, so we're not actually able to transmit that. But I do hope you (laughs) get well very soon. Um, You are a a hackney boy. I'm going to call you a hackney boy. I appreciate you're a grown man. But uh, I feel like you've been there your whole life, so I can still reference it. Hackney lifer? What was? What was? How do you remember from Hackney back then to compare to now? The crazy thing is, I was born here, but my parents were Jamaican. Came over to London in nineteen. My mum was fifty-four, dad was fifty-five. They started off in East London, and then my dad had to do national service, which he didn't know about when he left Jamaica, um, and ended up serving in the RAF for thirty years. So, oh wow. Yeah, so we moved all over the place. So I was born here, and ironically, have now come back here, bizarrely, and not actually really recognizing. I was at it in my head; it was Clapton. Um, and my mum just passed away sadly, but she, before she passed, was saying, "No, no, you were born just on Kings and Road. <laughs> that's, that's not there anymore, but that's where you were born." And I said, "Which well, one, crazy. mothers? Did you say?" It, no, it's a, it's an old name, and I can't remember. I'll have to find it for my dad because it doesn't exist anymore. Um, ah, okay. And it basically, I live a stone's throw from where I was born, but that's by complete coincidence. Um, oh, wow. You were born in London, but I didn't know it was this close to where I now live. I'm on Southgate Road and just off Southgate oh, Road. Oh, nice. I, I grew up in De Beauvoir, so we probably were very, well, very close to each other. Yeah, and sorry. So, yeah. When, when, yeah. When did you become a, a father? How old were you? And, and what was that experience like again? Like, I think if I think about my my experience of fatherhood, my father wasn't around. So being a father was a huge deal. Uh, and I attacked it very intentionally. What was the kind of climate of fatherhood when you became a father? Tell us more about your children as well. Um, well, uh, God, a lot of questions. <laughs> um, well, I, I think my, when I left, when I decided to do drama university i told myself if i can make a living as a actor then i'll start a family but i won't do that unless i can make a living and i've got at this at that point i had no idea if anybody was going to pay me to do you know it's just a dream um and i got put off by a couple of actors i remember when i started i met a black actor at university who said don't do this it's a nightmare and i thought no but there's something i love doing this there's something in me and i want to i guess i've always wanted to kind of change the the dialogue with not just black men, black people in general and, and kind of go against the stereotype of, of black people and say, hang on a minute, we can achieve great things, we can do the top jobs, we can uh, we can play the judges and the lawyers. And when I started out, it was only the, the frankly, the drug dealers and the pimps that you, you could get parts at. And I said, no, I'm going to break that and say that, hang on, no, it doesn't have to be that way. So that's kind of where that started. And then in terms of fatherhood, um, it was the same. I had to get to a point where I could make a living, which was about when I was 29. Um, my parents have always been together, 66 years of marriage. So there was a very strong base from which to start. Um, and family has always been really important to me. So um, I only have one child with my wife, but then we, um, I don't like the word adopted. We took mm-hmm. in two children. Yeah. So, and they are, Crazily, my wife is white, so I have a mixed race son, but we have two white Scottish children, which I was not intending to do. What age were you when you were diagnosed with prostate cancer? That must have been a huge shift for you personally, but also your family. Yeah. uh, Where are we now? So it was uh, last December, uh, ironically, on my 
mother's birthday, so it was December the 20th, um, and at the time my mother was very ill, she then passed away end of January, so it was, it was a very weird time because I was going through all the caring of my mum with my dad and my brothers, um, <clears throat> but when I was, I knew quite a bit about it, so, and I had the coincidence of bumping into someone literally the day before in the club I was in, and, and he just he'd heard me mentioning the phrase PSA, which for men who don't know, is a simple blood test that you have to, as the, for the first stage to finding out if you've got any issues with prostate. And he heard me mention that I was going to get the results of uh, an MR, uh, no, a biopsy. And I didn't know this guy, he was about 75, and he came over and he said, hello, sorry, I couldn't help overhearing what you were saying, but um, <clears throat> I had, excuse me, <clears throat> he said, I found out I had a prostate issue when I was 75, and I wasn't as sensible as you, I hadn't been doing regular PSA testing, so it was completely out of the blue. Um, so just to let you know, when they give you your results tomorrow, I hope it's all good for you, but there's kind of five groups they put you in, and it starts off with T1, and it goes up to T5. So if you're Specialist says to T1, you're all good because that's very early and you have all the options and you're fine. And I went, oh, thank you for telling me that because I didn't know, I knew quite a lot, but I didn't know that. So when he explained that, but you still have that shock of the word, obviously the word cancer hitting you and you're going, whoa. But then I'd been through that a bit because one of my close family members had cancer very young and I had to deal with that and come to terms with that. And, the, and I remember when that happened, I... My reaction, I guess, was initially was tears, not with me, but with a member of the family who doesn't want me to say who that is. Um, but that was pretty emotional. And so I was pretty stoic when I got the news. And then privately, I broke down. And then on the other side of the tears, I kind of picked myself back up and went, okay, but what is this cancer? What is this enemy I'm facing? Let me understand it. And then I can give the best support to get my family member through it, which is what I then did. And thankfully, they are okay but having gone through that I knew that this end of it was the kind of nice end in the sense that I had another friend of mine an actor called John Shrapnel um, who's since sadly passed away but he had prostate cancer for 17 years so he'd said to me probably near the beginning of his diagnosis um, he said hey Colin make sure you get PSA tested because it's an issue with men and it's a particular issue with black men I went oh wow I'm not there so currently I have no symptoms apart from going to the loo once in, in the night, whichever one, every man I speak to goes, well, I'll do that. Um, I have that symptom. Um, I have no pain. I'm having no treatment. Uh, I get monitored every three months. So I have a PSA test, which is a simple blood test every three months. And then once a year I have an MRI. So that's what they'll keep doing and, and they'll just keep monitoring it. And the one thing I wanted to say to particularly to black men out there and well, to all men, but black men, if they don't know, we are one in four. We have a one in four chance of getting prostate cancer. And I've asked the obvious question is why? And I've now been told that actually <clears throat> through Pro Prostate Cancer Charity, I'm doing a lot of stuff with, I've met a lot of the doctors and a lot of the experts. And there is a wonderful lady at Royal Marsden called Ross Eels who's doing a big study into why men of African ancestry are getting prostate cancer so frequently. I then was speaking to a professor of genetics in Leicester, um, who then said to me, it's not just that you're getting it more frequently, Colin, it's also that it's it's more aggressive, or that's what we think. We have to do more studies to confirm that, but that's what we're thinking at the moment. Worries and concerns, I think the traditional kind of uh, way of looking at prostate cancer testing was about the two fingers, um, and that became a massive 
kind of conversation um, around sort of informal circles. Did you have any concerns yeah. or worries about the treatment in advance? Um, or was you leaning in the whole time? No, well, thank you for bringing that up because um, since since the diagnosis, I've been talking to a load of men all the time, mentioning, trying to educate people, basically. So one of the things I think is the bad messaging of prostate cancer is the finger up the bum is the one bit that most men remember or take away. And it's actually not necessary. It doesn't really help the ultimate diagnosis. Um, the most important thing is the PSA. And I never had the digital rectal examination, which is the technical term. Um, I was actually asking my GP to have it. Um, he seemed a bit reluctant to do it. I wasn't exactly enthusiastic, but I said, look, I'm doing PSAs, but I was seeing uh, another doctor for something else. And he said, you know what? You're doing really well. You've been doing PSAs for many years, um, but you should probably just to make sure also have the digital rectal examination. GP put it off. Um, and then the next thing I knew, he rang me up to say your PSA reading has gone a little high. And this is the game changer for men that should reassure men uh, if they're starting down this road that we're in a good place. So what that means is the blood test will give you a reading. That way, if that reading keeps going up, you, you know, a one-off blood test isn't going to tell you anything. But if you get, let's say my reading was 4.9. They said, it's a little bit raised. Let's take a look. They did an MRI. They saw an area of concern. They said, you have a 30% chance, Colin, it could be cancer. So I did have a heads up. Then I had to have a biopsy. And then from that, they basically take samples from your prostate. And that's when they said you have cancerous cells, but they're not progressive and you are low risk. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. So, but in this country, we, we do MRIs with the PSA to give you a really accurate diagnosis. So what men need to understand is if you are over 45, if you're black, if you're over 50, if you're white, go and get that PSA test, go to your GP, 
say you are you are in the at-risk group because you are if you're a black man over 45 and you are if you're a white man over 50. If you're in an at-risk group, I need to have a PSA test. It's a simple blood test. It'll take up two seconds. And then from that, you'll get a reading. Now, if that reading is high, do not be alarmed. You go and have another one about a week or two weeks later. If that's high again, that's when they'll give you advice and they'll probably say, let's have an MRI and look a little closer. If they then find an area of concern on the MRI, which is what happened to me, then they go, okay, we'll do a biopsy, which was a local procedure. I went in and out in the same afternoon. Um, I wouldn't say it was entirely pleasant, but I spent, I was with three nurses in a most uh, vulnerable position as they have to go in between your, um, how do I put this politely on a podcast, but between your your balls um, and your ass, there is a per- perineal area and they have to inject you in there and they have to numb the area. But I have to say, even though they numbed it, you're still feeling a lot. And then it's like, the easiest way I can explain it is it's like a staple gun in your nether regions. <laughs> and every time they put a needle in to take a sample, it's like a, you hear this kind of, like it's a staple and so I was actually joking with the nurses they were asking questions about my acting and we were talking about Batman and (laughs) anything to take our minds off what I was going through but then it doesn't take that long and you you, you get through it it's about 45 minutes I think maybe less and then about two weeks later is when I had to have the meeting with the consultant and he said yes we've taken what we call cores Colin they're little samples we've taken 18 and of the 18, you had cancerous cells in three of them. And then we do something called a Gleason score, which I'd never heard of before, but they put these numbers together and they work out from the Gleason score, whether it is aggressive or whether it is low risk. And he said, you are low risk. You're in the, in the you know, couldn't catch yours any earlier. Um, and so you're in a lovely position where I can explain to you all the treatments if you ever need them down the line. Um, but also the other beautiful thing is a lot of advances are still being made. Um, so for example, at the moment, most men would not want to have a biopsy. That's currently something you kind of would have to do if it gets serious, like I, in in my situation, but in about five years time, they're doing various trials at the moment. That probably means we probably wouldn't have to have the biopsy because the MRI technology advanced so much that used with artificial intelligence technology allows the two to predict what's going on in you. And you don't have to necessarily have the invasive surgery that I had in effect. So, yeah. so things are moving. We, we know that you're working with Prostate Cancer UK. Um, do you have any particular advice for black fathers? We know that there's the Prostate Cancer uh, What's My Risk uh, platform that people uh, are being using. Um, yes. Is there any other advice that you have in terms of managing, um, engaging with Prostate Cancer UK, um, how important it is? Good question. Absolutely. I would say, first of all, you need to go on the Prostate Cancer website um, and click on the risk checker it's three very simple questions I think it asks you your ethnicity your age um, and you click through and it tells you whether you're at risk or not if it says you're at risk then you need to go and talk to your GP and you say I'm at risk and I'm entitled to a PSA blood test make that appointment because that could save your life because in effect it's saving mine because right now just to give you an example, my brother, I have two brothers who are both older than me, and neither of them knew only a year ago, even though I've been having PSA tests for eight years, I assumed they knew because they're both intelligent black men. Neither of them had heard of a PSA. So I said, it's a blood test, guys. So we got to do. But black men are, are, we're one in four of us get this thing. So we are high risk. So every black man over the age of 45 should do this because you want to live a long life. 
So they were like, okay, I'll do a PSA. They both went and did it. My elder brother was fine. My my middle brother, Gary, he's a journalist. He ends up with a reading of 11. He's never had a PSA before. So of course he's like, whoa. And then he gets an immediate call going, we need to come and need you to come in for an MRI. So he's now a bit kind of like, oh, what's going on? I then spoke to him and said, no, don't worry, Gas. That's, that's good. They're going to look and you want to be on top of this. So the bottom line is, and he had no symptoms. Um, so he, they then had to do a biopsy like I had. He got a little bit freaked by the biopsy. So he, uh, they, his blood pressure went up as they explained what they were going to do to him. Um, and so he, he couldn't actually have it on that day and had to go back and come back two weeks later and had a general. So you can have a biopsy under a general if you're squeamish. I personally was like, let's just do it. Um, so it's fine. But I think um, if I hadn't, my point is if I hadn't told my brother, he would be sitting there now, not knowing this is in his body. Um, my urologist, my urology specialist, Mr. Lamb, who's brilliant, first thing he said to me after the diagnosis was, Colin, you have to understand that prostate cancer, we call it the silent killer because you do not know it's there. In the early stages, there are no symptoms. So if men don't understand that they have to do this, um, any man over 45 could be carrying this. Um, and to say any any black man over 45 any, and any white man over 50. So I think those are the things to do. Go to the website, do the risk checker, get your PSA, and then, then you, you're good. You'll be monitored and we have so many advances now that you'll be ahead of the game. So that yeah. would be my advice. Don't don't worry about the finger up the bum. You don't need that. <laughs> Who needs that in their life? Um, don't be put off by that, which I think has put off a, a lot of men. Do not be put off by, oh, PSAs aren't accurate. They are accurate enough to get you to that first stage of we need to look closer. And there is nothing else. We, the common question I get is, why don't we have a national screening program? Why is not every man over 45 or every man over 50 told to have a PSA? I asked that question of um, one of the team at Prostate Cancer UK, and they said, that is, we should have that, we should, and we're, we're pushing towards that, but there'd be a practical problem right now of capacity, because you'd have to almost have all the pop-up places like you have for COVID to be able to do all the blood tests, if every man did it tomorrow sort of thing. But if we start by looking at the at-risk groups, and, and if people go onto the risk checker, at least we can start to target the men who are most at risk right now, and we can work on trying to get this to more and more people. So um, I think the main problem is that men in general don't go to the doctors. And most men I've been asking this question of since I've been diagnosed are often going, oh, it's my wife that pushed me to go. Or it's my mum. Or it's, it's, it's often not the man himself who takes responsibility. And the other thing to mention that's really important, which I didn't know, is that if a man has prostate cancer and has a daughter, mine is obviously not blood, so she's okay but if um if a man has prostate cancer and he has a daughter she will be at high risk of breast cancer and ovarian cancer because they share the same gene and i didn't know that and i've asked loads of women that since i was diagnosed last year and i've still yet to meet one woman who knew that and that immediately made them go whoa I'm going to tell my partner. I'm going to tell my brother. I'm going to, you know. So it's understanding that if there's a family history of prostate cancer, breast cancer, ovarian cancer, these things are all linked. So that adds to your risk. So if you have that in your family, guys out there, please go and get that PSA because you'll thank me for it. Um, and yeah. so that's what I've been doing. I say because I read a lot about it, but I'm I'm amazed by how little men know about it. Um, so it's it's yeah. great for you to get me to come on here and try and educate people frankly 
but thank you so much, uh, Colin. I very much appreciate your time uh, and taking us through all of those amazing stories and journeys that you've been on. Um, where can people find out more about you? About me? <laughs> you don't need to know about me. Oh, if you want to find out more about me, uh, the easiest thing to do is to probably go on my film and television stuff. Go on IMDb, internetmoviedatabase.com, and you'll see a list of all my films, TV shows, computer games, um, it's like cartoons. If we have dads out there, this is a site for dads, right? So, quick one if you've got dads out there who have under fives in the family, I do voices for a lot of cartoons. So, um, the current big hit on CBBS, which means nothing if you don't have an under five in the family, but Super Potato, um, I'm the big voice at the beginning that kind of goes, Hi, super viewers, and welcome to this week's episode of Super Tato. So I do this kind of crazy voice. Um, that's that's a big hit right now. And then I do Peppa Pig, Mike the Knight, Chuggington, um, Fireman Sam, uh, Little Princess. So I do a lot of different uh, cartoons. So that's one for the dads. Um, and then movies-wise, obviously, Batman Begins the Dark Knight is what a lot of people would know me for. I played the commissioner in those films, um, which was probably probably the most exciting thing I've ever done in terms of, well, certainly the first film. Just the scale of it was epic. Um, so if you get a chance to see that, uh, uh, I would urge you to look at the sequence towards the end of the movie when I'm playing the commission, I come out of this car and I have to talk to Gary Oldman, who's on the other side of this bridge, it's all hell's going loose. But when we, when we did that sequence, um, I remember getting out of the car, I was the only person with dialogue and they had to coordinate about eight different bridges going up, helicopters overhead, people on horseback, SWAT teams, water hydrants bursting. And all of this, while I'm the only person who's speaking, I and mean, if I get my lines wrong, all of that has to be recued. And it has to end with a Batmobile whizzing past me. And that was the first time I kind of went, okay, this is a Hollywood movie. Um, but so, so that would probably be something I'd love people to go see if they haven't seen it. And then The Commuter with Liam Neeson, um, I'm very proud of, was a great role where I play kind of heroic New York train conductor and the whole mystery. And it's kind of one of those typical Liam Neeson, get the bad guy movies. I kind of underestimated it. It's a really good one. People who've seen it always go, that's a really good film. I go, yeah, I know. But they kind of slagged it off, the critics, because he's done Taken, and they went, oh, it's just Taken on the train, but actually it's better. So, um, but yeah, but all of my films and TV you can see on there. Um, and um, right now I'm doing probably more voicing than <clears throat> acting, because I had to stop acting because of my mother's health. And then, excuse me while I cough. <coughs> and then I was asked to do... Um, play in the in the West End recently but I've been having a few little as you can hear with this chest a few little issues with my coughing and because I have a bit of asthma and a bit of acid reflux pretty boring so I'm seeing various people to kind of sort that so I didn't want to do a theatre show right now and it does put me off acting immediately and so I'm going to do a lot of stuff for <clears throat> Prostate Cancer UK because obviously I'm passionate about this because I think I know I'm really lucky um, and therefore, let's spread that luck around. And, and if I can get, I think I've already saved a few lives since diagnosis from the amount of men I've told, go get a PSA test, and some of whom have had a high reading. Um, and so I just think if men are listening to this, um, you know, especially as this is for Father's Day, the biggest gift I can give you is please listen to what I'm saying and go get that PSA test because it can save your life. Thank you so much for joining us, Colin, and sharing your experience. I encourage everyone who may be at risk 
or has concerns about their prostate health to take necessary steps to stay healthy and informed. Prostate Cancer UK's mission is based on raising awareness about men's health and they can help prevent and detect prostate cancer early, which can ultimately save lives. Search Check My Risk or visit prostatecanceruk.org forward slash risk checker. It could save a life. For more information on this topic, please visit prostatecanceruk.org forward slash what on earth. Dope Black Podcast. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm-hmm. 